Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The soundtrack captures the entire play. Yeah. If you listen carefully, you can get the whole story. Yeah. Dude, by the time we got to the end, I was like, ball. I'm on I-81. Yeah. Yeah. Like just bawling. Like just Weeping. mucus coming down my face, just <laughs> weeping myself sick. Yep. And then the girls were like, wow, you really liked it? And I was like, just, just play it again. <laughs> play it again. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Together again! Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> I'm in the green space here. Birds are chirping. It's lovely. Ben's in his office back stateside. Um, you're just I'm you're looking like um the graduate with that background there. Just oh, I got I got creepy, creepy backyard shed podcasting tonight yep i got the manifesto i'm in my i'm in my sweats and underwear it's a whole thing back here to hopefully quote, it's you and the guy who tried to rob it last yeah. week is he hanging That's out right. is he gonna join us that should I be hope, the special I mean, guest remain, remains to be seen if he plans to come back to quote will <laughs> do the backyard do the backyard yeah hey um, for his phone right i mean he needs to get that back i assume he's gonna be disappointed if he comes back looking for stuff Ah. Well, you've got a uh, busy weekend, Jeff Simons. Your son is graduating on Tuesday. Yes. Graduation Woo. from high school is, what, 48, 48 hours and counting from this taping to getting a diploma in his hand, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so yeah. Fun. So fun. Cool. Tell him uh, congratulations from us. That is super exciting. Um, a little bit of... Um, a little, little bit of uh, some work here at the top end of the podcast. Oh, by the way, welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys on the Electricast Podcast Network. We are in 2015 right here. Uh, but but just some some stuff to clear up. We're, we got this these mini podcasts we're playing with, right? We're, we're flirting with this idea of just a five-minute capsule uh, explaining or highlighting certain artists, right? We're gonna we're thinking about that this summer. Little five minute daily podcast from all of us. And I wanted to uh, ask you. I've, so I figured, like Jeff, I'm gonna give you the Who, Ben, I'll give you the Rolling Stones, and then I'll just go ahead and take the Beatles because they're left over and they're really easy. Jeff, I'll give you Stevie Wonder. Ben, I'll give you Prince. And I'll go ahead and take Michael Jackson because he's really easy. But I'm 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 stuck at a couple spots here, and I'd love for you to help me out. Um, Jeff, I'm gonna give you the Grateful Dead. Ben, I'm gonna Excellent. give you Ben, I'm gonna give you fish. Uh, who do I get? <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's not okay. You can't give Ben fish. No one's gonna do want to hear a five-minute podcast about 
fish that's just me pooping on them. That's not going to work out for anyone. <laughs> also, I'm not sure you can do fish in five minutes because they won't even started singing the first song. Hey, oh, well, remember, we're just doing highlights, clips. Um, so, so Jeff, you'll have Billy Joel. Ben, you'll have Elton John. Oh my God. Uh, who will I have? You got to flip that for sure. <laughs> um, oh, I, my God. I well, start- I think you have, Tim, you have Tapau. For sure, you can cover oh. them. Oh, level and forty. Level forty-two is. How dare you? Oh, is it level forty-two? Is that yes. the name of them? I'm sorry. Yes. I mo- I moved them down two levels due to their actually <laughs> the experience of listening to it. Oh, that's just rough. We're gonna we're gonna get mean tweets uh, from our Chicago listeners there. All right. Well, let's um, we'll work on that stuff, that bookkeeping stuff later. Let's get Jeff Simons to the Grammy winner for 2015. It's the Grammy winner. 1989 by Taylor Swift. Walking through a crowd, the village is aglow. Kaleidoscope of loud heartbeats under coats. Everybody here wanted something more. Searching for a sound we hadn't heard before. And it said, welcome to New York. Taylor Swift wins the Grammy. Jeff, is that your second favorite song from this record? No way. No, I just, uh, I I had like five second warning before you (laughs) logged on. So I grabbed the first track. We had to do it before you listened. Sorry. Timmy, what's your second favorite song from this? My favorite song is Shake It Off. What's your second favorite? What was the second single? Oh, thanks, Timmy. You're not allowed to ask that. You're like, what was it on a soundtrack? Was it in Mama Mia 2? Because that's what I know about. Um, I forgot about the soundtrack. So I, I will say, Ben, this I, is, I'm pretty sure that style was the second single, but I could be wrong. This is when I was a little upset with I mean, I, I understand you guys like shake it off, but when this album came out, I was like, oh, come on, what's next? Like, are we still in this pop phase? Um, so I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with this album. Are you serious? Totally and completely. You're a monster. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I need you to crawl under a desk and ask forgiveness right now. Your daughters and your children are really mad at you. This this record's freaking fantastic. All right. What what, what else do you got? What what do you got? Uh, I loved Blank Space. I love I like Welcome to New York is great. I'm a Nick fan. They play that at the Nick game, That's which a, makes me super happy. It's a terrible song. That's terrible. Oh, totally that disagree. That song down. is great. Dude, by the way, Timmy, your problem is that, you know what? Boston has not been waiting for you. Boston's like, get the fuck out if you're not from here. New York has been waiting for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why we have it. <laughs> Such a warm, happy city. Yes. It is. We're drawing you in, man. Dude, we'll take all comers. We love it. Listen, uh, Timmy, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I'm walking here. All right. What else comes off this album? Uh, blank space style and new romantics those all just completely call out to me bad blood 
with the Kendrick Lamar rap, which may come up later. That's a good one. Okay. T Swizzle, 1989. Uh, Jeff, you are not jumping to my defense. Will you at least admit that you didn't know any songs off this album? No, I've heard this record. I don't know him very well, though. Uh, you know, the problem with this record is it's so Dylan-esque that I, it took me a couple of, you know, <laughs> it took me a while to get into it. <laughs> it's the John Wesley Harding. You were like, I don't yeah, know. It sounds sort of similar. It's such it's a soft. left turn. I'm going to need a couple of months. No, I, you know, I, you know, my favorite thing about this record might be the album cover, which is just awesome. Just that out of focus Polaroid that cuts her eyes off and just has yeah. like the marker at the bottom. I just, I love that she spent <laughs> 11, you know, maybe a buck 68 on the artwork for a record that sold 8 billion copies. Like that was just, I just love those moments when artists don't lean into the ridiculousness of the entire package. So okay. I really appreciated that the cover suggested, hey, this is uh, to be taken as it is, warts and all. It helped okay. me. Uh, uh, listeners may know why not to, to like Ryan Adams, but he does a song for song cover of this album that's hilarious and super good. So if you don't like Taylor Swift, you'll like that for sure. That's true. I actually, I actually appreciate what he did there, even though he's He's a monster. Um, let's get to um, let's get to Wilco, the uh, the official band of the podcast. Uh, Wilco put out a double album last week called Cruel Country, and the three of us were tasked uh, with listening to the double album a number of times. Uh, Jeff Simons, are you actually going to play anything, or are we just going to kind of talk it through? Let's talk first. Maybe we each pick uh, high point or low point. I, I've got it queued up here for thoughts for and on. feelings. Thoughts and feelings, Ben Barton. Oh no, I'm not going first. No way. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let I'm going to let Jeff go first because I'm super curious to hear what Jeff said. Jeff well, knows exactly what I think, so I'm well, super Je curious. Jeff, to hear what can Jeff I go said. first? Because I, I think yeah. You guys oh, better yet. Have, yeah. So better yet. It seemed to me that this rock band dipping their toes into country kind of gives us like this new uh, genre. It's like alternative uh, country. It's like an <laughs> alt country sound. <laughs> that sorry. was good, Timmy. I like it. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first of all, um, so the problem with Wilco for the last two records for me has been the slow absence of melody and and uh, and groove, right? And I have felt it both in the last two Wilco records before this one, Schmilko and Ode to Joy. Yeah. Like there were songs I loved. I particularly loved Love is Everywhere on Ode to Joy with that triplet guitar figure that, but I thought that was great. There's a bunch of songs on those records that bum me out. Um, there's the whole falling down a flight of stairs drum track for no reason that like from 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 that they used on both records on like five songs. Um, and I am not somebody who thinks it's all been downhill since the heyday. I really liked Star Wars. I thought Star Wars was a really good, short, engaging, well-recorded, interesting record. Schmilko felt like the outtakes of that session a little bit to me. That Ode to Joy was a little joyless. And at the same time, Jeff Tweedy's been making a series of records which are really mixed. He made three, I think, three solo albums at, uh, during this time. He made Warm and Warmer and, and, and Love is the King. 
and, and there one, might be another one with one. his son one with his son. and there's a tweety record but that's yeah. further back okay. i think but i mean tweety's been shockingly prolific and probably to the point where he could use a friend who's like you know of those 14 songs you're going to put out right. i really like those three right um I think there's a little bit of the same issue with Cruel Country. I think a great single record is buried in this 22 song record. This is not a double record where I was like, oh, I totally see why you have to have all these songs. I really appreciate that it's broken up into two discs. Um, it's, it would fit on a single disc. It's the 77 minute record. It would fit on a single CD. I appreciate that it's on two. It's obviously, obviously, obviously a nod to being there, which is exactly the same thing. Two 10 song CDs that could have fit on one CD. It's hard not to see Cruel Country as a bookend at the end of the career to being there at the beginning of the career. Um, I like this record more than I like Ode to Joy. I like this record more than I like Schmilko. I like it more than any of the last or whatever, how many that was, Tweety solo records, which means it's the, for me, the most fun I've had listening to a Wilco or Tweety record in seven years. So okay. that's a positive that's for a me. Positive. Like this is my favorite thing he's yeah. put out in almost a decade. You were not I setting us up for a positive. That's well, so it's a cut below yeah. the heyday. Like I like every record the band put out before Star Wars more than this so i'm not buying the like spectacular return to form right but i'm gonna before ben has issues i will say there are melodies here there are a lot of quiet songs that are similar yeah. to some of the wilco mid-tempo stuff we've been suffering through but the melodies <laughs> are beautiful like a song wow. like hints which is the first good song on the record in my opinion hints is beautiful like i find myself humming it in the kitchen when no one else is around um, I think give Bird us a Without little, a Tail is give us really a little great. I, I'm sorry, what? Will you give us a little hint? Oh, yeah, sure. Do you remember when we would forget? When we were, I guess, an empty continent. That's just pretty. And then it has that, you know, cast your eyes to the light. It's great. Um, I like the psychedelic tunes. I like the Birded Without a Tail Based My Skill jam. I liked Many Worlds a lot. I like the single, Tired of Taking It Out On You. It's a perfect little song. I can't stop singing it. Um, I also think there are moments when I'm like, whew, that's the third song in a row I'm not in love with having to listen to. So uh, there's a 12 or 13 song version of this that I think is as good as um, Star Wars or maybe the whole love. I don't think you can make a version of this record that is quite as strong as the band up to 2010. Um, I like that it's a band record. I like that it's cut quickly. It's much more engaging than the Tweety solo records because the musicians playing the other parts are much more engaging musicians than Tweety himself is on everything. Um, and I actually think there's uh, there's a joy kind of bubbling under the record. It's more. It sounds like it's musicians having more fun than anything they put out in a long time. But it's not. It's not a home run. It's a little bloated, 
And I have not yet successfully been able to sit down and do the whole 80 minutes without drifting. So that's my, that's my take. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I value that opinion and it, it taught me something. Ben Barton. Oh, Timmy, you're going to add or do I get to go? You get to go. I'm going last. Oh, all right. Um, so let me start with several different caveats. The first caveat that I'll note is that, Jeff, you can tell me this is wrong or right. You listened to an entire set of them playing this live. I did. So that would make a massive difference for me. I feel yeah. really confident that, I mean, they're on tour. I'm going to go see them. I love Wilco. I just want to start with, I love Wilco. And by the time I see them, I'm going to know the live versions of these songs. And I'm going to be able to talk myself into it much more because they'll take the choke collar off live. They'll be much better. It will not be muted the way the album is for sure. Um, and also when you see them live, I mean, if I'd gone to the Wilco Fest and they played the entire album live, I would have been bummed. But when you see them live, they'll play six, seven songs from this record and they'll play other better songs. And then I'll be like, oh, see, that kind of like fits in. Um, I do not like this record. <laughs> I really did not like this record. The irony is that Jeff and I basically agree Every song that he listed, I've taken five songs from a 21 song record and put it on my new music mix. And he listed every song that I took. So we basically, I mean, I think we actually agree. The problem is that Jeff's like, well, there's five good songs. That's great. And I'm like, there's 16 bad songs on this freaking record. <laughs> 21 song hour and 10 minute record. And uh, I did not have Jeff's wisdom to not listen to it all the way through i've listened to it all the way through twice oh and I, the other caveat is that um i came back from europe and my grades are due tuesday 9 a.m and so i've just been grading it's been really grim y'all will know exactly what i'm talking about i'm just completely up against it so i listened to it in that headspace and it Indeed. did not work yeah. out for me at all the good news is it was not distracting i was able to grade <laughs> without any interruptions nothing brought me back to this record um right. Right. I feel sad about this record. Um, there are songs on this record that remind me of other Wilco songs, but they weren't in the mix with things. Not every song had the same palette. I don't understand what they're possibly thinking about like narrowing it. It's like the Picasso blue period. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're just tying both hands behind their backs. And then I'll just be frank about it. The guitar work on this record is super boring, really boring. And the reason why is they're only working within this country palette. I mean, it's just brutal. They, like, listen, they could really use a guy who's awesome at playing lap steel. If you're going to have lap steel on every fifth song or in like, you know, four out of five songs, then get somebody who can fucking play it. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but these guys are not professional lap steel players. And it's a completely different instrument than a regular guitar. And in fact, in a bunch of these songs, I actually went deep guitar nerd on this. On a bunch of these songs, they're using a B-bender technique where they don't even have a lap steel. They're faking a lap steel. And then I was like, oh, that explains why it's so fucking boring. Like they're not even like, they don't even have the proper sound for the proper instrument. I don't understand why they have to write nothing but mid-tempo, slow country songs. And then when they pick it up, I mean, dude, the second song, Oh, uh, Cruel Country that it's named after? Yeah. I'm not dreaming that it has a woodblock, clippy-cloppy, clippy-clop, like there's a <laughs> slow horse trotting along. I was like, shoot me now. I have to listen to a Wilco song with a fucking clippity-clop on it? Not okay. 
it, it was in 2008 when I was listening to uh, um, NPR's year-end uh, music show, Bob Boylan. And one of his guests said that um, she felt Wilco was becoming the Grateful Dead. And, and that was where they were going to kind of find their, their path and, and, and where they are in the American culture and how we're going to uh, gravitate toward them and how they're going to interact with the audience. I, I found like this seemed more like the, um, Steely Dan, like some really accomplished musicians getting together. Uh, but I, I just, it left me wanting. And so many songs... So, so you, you guys said there were about five songs that you really liked and others that you didn't like. Why not? Why not rock out on some of those oh, others? Dude. You know, like give I have me no idea where give the me rock a drum, is why. give me a guitar. Like there was one song I was like, I, I can't remember the lyric now, but it's like, oh, you could totally do this faster and more uh, emphatically, and it would be like, yeah, rock on with these lyrics. And oh, but uh, dude, but that's what I meant by the live version. I promise yeah. you. The live versions of these songs are going to be so vastly improved yeah. over the recorded versions. Maybe. All right. It was true that the songs that I was hoping would get stretched out got stretched out even in the first playing. Like Bird Without a Tail, Base of My Skull is going to be like Impossible Germany Live. Like it's yeah. going to have all the swirling texture. It was really good. Many worlds really jumped out. Actually, like like a song that kind of struck me as a throwaway that I like, but wasn't like, oh, this is a classic. Mystery Binds sounded great live. Um, but I don't know where the rock has gone. I don't know whether they're self-conscious about still being a, an up-tempo rock band at their age or whether Tweety's just in a space where he's just not interested in bringing the house down the way he used to be. Like, the first night at Solid Sound, all of the encores were slow, mid-tempo country songs. Huh. And then the next night, they did a Wilco's Greatest Hit show, and it was like a completely different band. I mean, it's yeah. just like, there's all this up and down and power, but they're really not doing some of the songs that I that I think are them at their best live. Like, Art of Almost is, is yeah. out. Um Oh, um, Bull Black Nova. They're not playing yeah. that anymore. Like there are moments when I've seen this band live where I'm like, forget the Grateful Dead. Like this is like right. the greatest rock orchestra I've ever seen. Yeah. And they, they're, they're not, they're not uh, leaning into that identity. And maybe this is like the end of a, of a blue. I mean, I thought that blue period thing was kind of a brilliant insight. Like Tweety, has been writing the same kind of song now for almost eight years, and he's right. inexhaustible. He's right. He's written like he's written over a hundred songs that he's put out, and I think there've been another hundred and fifty he's played on Instagram and that stuff in my house show that he does with his kids. Like he's just churning out song, 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 and they are remarkably similar to one another oh yeah dude man and they're like four chords on an acoustic guitar one of the things that i also should have given as a caveat is that having chosen the ghost is born it just breaks my heart this guy is a great guitarist yeah and, and arranges amazing guitar parts and then he's got miles klein like he's got yeah. like he's got a really really good guitar setup and it's like he's got a fucking racehorse and he's like just slap the plow on it and he's like we go <laughs> slow and we drag this plow like it's just brutal 
because Pat Sansom is also oh dude would be a like drop jaw lead guitarist in any other band. Yeah, like all three of them can lead a band on lead guitar, and and Glenn Kochi is a astonishingly accomplished drummer, capable of all kinds of complexity and nuance. Right. Without like, if you isolate the drum track of uh, Jesus, etc., it's it's so great. And the most of the time on this record, he's not. He's just. He's just hanging and out even in the loft. In spite of that, there's there's just, I mean, even in spite of all that, there are songs in this record that I I think are terrific. Yeah. And Ben's right. Like I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, plus five outweighs minus sixteen when it comes to a new record. <laughs> but the mind, this is not a band that should have a minus sixteen. They just aren't. They're really, they're, they are capable of more than they gave us here, and that's either. Or, or mildly disappointing or really disappointing, depending on who you are, I guess. I mean, make it a single album, give us 11 songs and give us two rockers and boom. I should be a producer. That's what we're learning here. I don't disagree. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Wilco, for still getting in the studio, getting together, playing music, because there are some gems on this album. Um, you know, I'm looking at 2015 and all the events of 2015. And normally, I've been ending with something depressing. So I'm going to start with something depressing and we'll oh, go better yet. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So bring it on. I, uh, I Googled big news stories of 2015. And here was one of the headlines that comes up. Mass shootings, renewed terrorism fears and debate over guns. So, thank God we said all that in fifteen, man. Let's let's go to our first ad. All right, we're back. Smith and Wesson, brought to you by Smith and Wesson. <laughs> know, right. Let's make sure that wasn't an ad for ammunition, please. That would be terrible. Um, no, but let's go to Adele. Twenty-five are number one selling album of 2015 it's the number one album 25 by adele everybody loves the things you do from the way you talk to the way you move everybody here is watching you Cause you feel like home You're like a dream come true But if by chance you're here alone Can I have a moment Before I go Cause I've been by myself all night long Hoping you're someone I used to know You look like a movie You sound like a song My God, this reminds me Of when we were young Let me photograph you in this light In case it is the last time That we might be exactly like we were All right, um 
Jeff Simons, you're stranded on a desert island and you can have the complete collection of Taylor Swift or the complete collection of Adele. Who do you choose? Uh, Taylor Swift for the variety, but when Adele's got it working, man, I love that. I love the way she lands a uh, vocal. That's she your favorite brilliant. song on this record? Yeah, I love this one. Woo! Do you want to hear how many times I've played The River Lee by Adele from this record? How many? 65 times. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. And then Water Under the love. Bridge, 55 times. And send my love to your new lover 51 times. I That's fucking awesome. loved it. I'm looking at these play, the, the play numbers. And I'm like, holy shit. I loved this record. <laughs> yeah. She's That's killer. awesome. She's killer. When she went, I was totally, this song, I got to admit, like the first time I heard it, she went to the low register instead of going higher on that first, first pass. She get, nailed those low notes. I was like, I'm in. I'm so yeah. in. <laughs> So great. Um, I also love watching her watch the NBA finals living oh, her best yeah. life. Yeah. She's the greatest. All right. Uh, special guest Flannery Plain is going to answer this next question. After oh, come on now. After you guys guess. Okay. In 2015, a member of a band leaves the band and says he just wants to be 22. I want to know which band are we talking about and which member of that band are we talking about? Ben Barton, your guess first. Uh, this is just great. Flattery, I'm super. I have to apologize. Like, uh, I, I, Is it Harry Styles? What's the name of the band? The, the band that Harry Styles was in? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Simons for the steal. Well, I guess it's One Direction. It I is guess he's right. One Direction. I was going to oh, guess. By the way, the I won that brothers. one. Flannery, you agree <laughs> with me. Come on, work with the brother. I got that one right. I said Harry Styles. You um, got it right. Well, Jeff Simons, Harry Styles is not the member. Do you know the name name of the person? No, left? I don't know anybody in One Direction. I only know Harry Styles is in One Direction because Ben just tipped it. As far as I'm concerned, Harry Styles it, it emerged out of a cocoon to make that first solo record. Oh, so. that'd be pretty. Tell him who. Zane Malik. Oh, Zane. Better. Zane, Thank you. Zane is the one who takes the first step out of the band, and then the rest of the band says, you know what? We need a, a bit of a hiatus, and we are going on uh, six years of this hiatus, but there are some people waiting for the return of the five members. There's the only members. one direction at out of a band and it's out the damn door and we'll see you later by the way right now harry styles his agent is writing a thank you letter to zane he's like you're the <laughs> yes, best no doubt just keep it. doing your thing flannery how do you like the new us. harry styles record oh i really like it we listen to it in, you uh, i asked Portugal. flannery i oh, know sorry. you like it <laughs> what's you like your it? favorite song from the new album matilda matilda yes great choice Talk wow Totally agree. Although I love the single as it was so much. I love that song. All right. Thank you, Flannery. Great choice. All right. Zane Malik was the first to go. Uh, uh, that's the first time I've heard that name in my life. I have yeah. no idea who that person is. <laughs> I think he was that's on really the Um Kate Moss got kicked off a flight to Turkey or Turkish Airlines flight. Um, 
when she was kicked off, do either of you know what she called the pilot? Oh. Uh, she called the pilot a, a basic bitch, which I think is, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. Why is Kate Moss back in the news? I saw a picture of Kate Moss wearing a God Save the Queen jacket the other day. Is that an old, because it's Jubilee, is I don't know. just drag uh, out an old Kate Moss photo? or Sure, they've been hanging on to that one for, yeah, just, just in case the Queen kicks it. Um, all right, the Glastonbury Festival in 2015 had two headliners. Think about it, it's 2015. Who were the headliners of the Glastonbury <laughs> Festival? Yeah, that was, brother. That was the most. I, know, I think the, the Who uh, were headliners at Glastonbury at some time in the middle of the decade. So this time Maybe. it was Kanye West and Lionel Richie, two oh, headliners. Yeah. Which Kanye West song do you think Lionel Richie could best cover? That's a great one. That is. Um, I'm going to go all of the lights. That's the obvious one for Lionel to do. He could like medley that with Dancing on the Ceiling. He'd yeah, that fun. fits nicely. That's really good. He and could do Champion too with all that Steely Dan faux funk music. And could Kanye could do, do the Lionel Richie song? Oh, I okay. would love to hear Kanye's version of Hello. <laughs> I was about to say it. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Or you are, remember you are, you are the sun, you are the rain. I'd love to hear Kanye's version of that too. That'd be great. All right. Um, we had the, uh, the by the way, saw both of them at Monterey. <laughs> Glastonbury ain't got nothing on Ben. I've seen Lionel Richie twice at Monterey. That's how much I like Lionel Richie. We are now going to play a game of elimination. The first person who draws a blank or says a wrong name loses the contest. 2015 Republican presidential hopefuls. Jeff, you get to go first. Oh, I'm going to go with Big Rick Santorum. To start yes, with he that. was in the mix. Ben? 2015 Paul Ryan. No. Oh, oh my that, God. Dude, first of all, he might not have been official, but he was in the mix for sure. I'm taking what? that. <laughs> I'm taking that. You can't deny me that. Uh, okay. Okay. He stays the, in. The dogs are upset. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, Sarah Palin was definitely running for a while no. there. No. Oh, my God. You guys don't remember this. Wow. No. Um, How about Donald Trump? I, I heard of him. There you go. Donald Trump. Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee. Excellent. How about your guy and my guy? Really, friend of the podcast, Ted Cruz. That is correct. Yes. He wins Iowa. Um, who's got a, a New Jersey person for me? Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, no, no, no. It's not what's her name. It's what's his name. That's correct. He oh, closed the bridge. Big guy, Chris Christie. Chris yeah, Christie. Yeah, totally. Closed a bridge, opened our hearts. Also visible from space, sitting on a beach. If I remember that, that was the greatest picture of all time. Uh, <laughs> who's got our Florida guy? Oh, um, uh, there's two. There's, there's two Florida two. guys. Scott, right? No, no, no. Oh, you're right. So man. Jeff's out. Jeff's out. I'm in because I can name not one but two. First of all, my guy and your guy. Who couldn't love 
Diamond Jeb Bush. That is correct. Uh, yeah. Low was... energy Jeb Bush. And please, then who could clap. forget little Marco Rubio? That's a little correct. Marco. Ouch. All right. And then uh, just to wrap By the way, up, I finally won one. I'm going to take a fucking one. victory lap. Hold yeah, on. I'm going to mute my mic around and run around in circles in my office. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rand Paul, Ben Carson. Uh, oh, Ben Carson. What oh, my God. Wrong? Do you remember that luggage clip when he's being interviewed live about his policy? And he's like, oh, I forgot my luggage. And he just runs <laughs> off camera. He's on CNN. That was that. You can't beat that. Um, was this Herman Cain's year or no, was no, that no, 2012? That was no. Okay. No. All right. And uh, anyway, it was borderline racist where you're like, that other black guy who was weird was that was that him no, too shut up That's uh, just playing, just playing i'm just saying man i'm just saying you got to look out for how your brain works for sure fair enough and then what's uh, it malcolm x in this round <laughs> <laughs> um and in 2015 there is a certain franchise who washed away a 40-year drought and came up with a championship, and they were—they were your Golden State Warriors. That is correct. The Golden State Warriors who play again tonight against my Boston Celtics. Oh my God! With I that fourth quarter, I feel like I got Woo. punched in the face and woke up crying three hours later in a fetal ball. Good God! They could that was not unbelievable. miss. They could not miss. It was insane. Listen, Jeff, don't worry at all. I heard a podcast that just made me laugh out loud so hard. And the person was like, well, I, I think the Warriors are going to win game two. And the, the host was like, well, wh why would you think that? And he's like, have you seen the Celtics? They don't handle success very well. <laughs> I was oh, that's like, really that's fair. That is fair. totally fair. They are totally due to just show up and just poop everywhere tonight. So I am flying to Boston on Friday. We're a friend of the podcast. Joe Achille is taking me to the game. You're fucking kidding me really you're going to the nba finals you've taken this like friendly rivalry thing to jagweed level i'm being so nice about game one i was like oh tim will be happy now you're gonna fucking go to game three with you're the best NBA timmy i love guy. it do your i thing. hope they lose by a hundred so i hope all... i hope they get a photograph of you with all those other idiot boston people in the stands like oh they're also bad at home 38. so that could not work out for you tim so first ah! So first of all, it's game four. And Jeff, so I want you to know that I don't think they'll be closing out the series. Oh. But it is possible. I'm just saying it's possible. For. Uncalled for. That is so uncalled for. <laughs> Let's get to our oh, I was actually gonna be I was trying to be so nice. <laughs> Let's get I, oh my god. And Let's Timmy, also as a Catholic boy, you should know better than anyone else. Yeah. Pride cometh before, before fall. Actually, I should keep, yeah, keep it up, Tim. What else? You want to say that's right. About oh, my you, you think there's going to be a sweep? You'll be there. You got the champagne on ice for game four. Good job by you, buddy. You want me to go get my in-laws? You can make a couple of quips. Uh, our three <laughs> albums. Let's go. Our three albums. <laughs> that's a good segue. Ben, you go first. Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I've heard of him. Yes. Born in Compton. Raised. Born 1987 in Compton with the Solarius. That's our graduation year from high school, at least me and Jeff. Yeah. 
Um, had a tough upbringing in Compton, as you might imagine. He's not personally in a gang, but his dad's in a gang. He's got a bunch of friends in a gang. A bunch of people die that he's friends with. When he's 16, he starts releasing mixtapes uh, under the name K-Dot. And by the time he gets to the early 2010s, there's a huge amount of buzz with him. And we'll do this again next year. I just want to shout out Dr. Dre, who signs him to a major label. Just incredible that this guy who was an NWA and signed Snoop Dogg and a million other people is still signing major acts in this time. First major album, major label album he puts out is Good Kid, Mad City. Um, and basically he puts out three records in a row, all of which are masterpieces in their own way. So Good Kid, Mad City is a masterpiece because it's like just Jordan when he scored 60 on the Celtics, like just at the very beginning. Like you watch, you hear this album, you're like, wow, this, this artist has arrived. I can't wait to see what they do next this year the album that i'm going to select to pimp a butterfly it's not his most even record um i re-listened to it several times this week and it's squirrely like there's some definite 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 strange bits on this record that being said the high points on this record and similar to the county crows record where i'm like i just have to give credit for the artistic swing that's my record this year. And it actually is, it's got my favorite Kendrick Lamar songs on it. And it's my favorite Kendrick Lamar record. Um, the one that's most even and that just runs all the way through it is Damn. That's the, that's the most, like the tightest artistic statement where you can really, really see him as a mature rapper. Um, those three records in a row stand up to any three rap records in a row. Like you name the artist and you put them in order, I will take these three records against any of them. Um, they're fantastic. Super, super, super interesting artist. This record, so um, Good Kid, Mad City is like a top 10 album hit. It's a gigantic debut. It's one of the best reviewed records of that year. In 2012, as a guest rapper, I think it's called Control is the song by Big Sean, who sucks. Big Sean sucks. But Kendrick Lamar is the guest rapper on this. And he's got a really famous guest verse where he's like, I'm a young and up and comer and I'm here to murder my competition. And he lists all the other rappers that are his age. And he's like, I'm the best and they can all kiss my ass. Like, I'm just going to come and get for them. So there's a huge controversy from this. There's a whole bunch of like further diss tracks going back for this. And that's in between Good Kid, Mad City and this record. And I raised that to show what a crazy move it was when he put out this record. Um, first, I'll also note this as we were talking NBA. You guys will really like this. When we grew up in the 80s, NBA teams didn't like each other. Like the Pistons didn't like the Celtics. Hated and the by Pistons. didn't like, I mean fucking hated. Like Hated. they like got into fights. They couldn't stand <laughs> them. Beer. Oh, yeah, totally. And when they punched each other, they were like, thank God. I wish I was there to punch them more. Yeah. And then by the time you get to, to now, it's like everybody's pretty good buddies. There are some teams that have like light disputes and stuff. So it was super likable when Kendrick was like, nah, I'm not friends with these guys. Like I know them all, but I'm here to bury them. I'm the best. I'm the best on the planet. And all these other motherfuckers are going to find out. I just really, really, really like that. So then he comes out with the Pimp a Butterfly. 
it's an hour-long jazz record. Like it is a <laughs> super weird record. Um, I've seen Kendrick and I've seen Kamasi Washington. So if if you like jazz, I would strongly recommend going to see Kamasi Washington. He's a saxophone player. I saw him at Big Ears. He had this gigantic, like space-aged, 15-person jazz orchestra. It was actually like seeing Sun Ra. Like he was wearing yeah. the dashiki and a big, a huge hat. It was just like wandering around playing sax. Anyhow, that's what the record sounds like. Like there's huge chunks of this record that are not even a funk soul record. That's an actual free jazz record. And this is the record that Kendrick Lamar puts out to bury his competitors, which just makes me laugh every single time because the irony of it is he did. He actually did. And, and the way he did it is he like this, this record uh, in my mind is a unique rap record. There's not another record that sounds like this, even including, you know, like going back to the acid jazz and the, the, um, and the acid jazz rap and the stuff that happened in the 80s and the 90s. Like, this is a very, very, very unusual tonal record. Um, I freaking love it. That's first. Second, it's aggressively a record about depression. Now, after this record, there's a lot of rap records about depression. Most of them are sad, white, mumble rap records, which I have much less time for than Kendrick's record. But this is a record about growing up in Compton, not having your dad around, having some of your friends die in gang violence, and just dealing with the African-American experience. And he's not shy about it at all. Like, there's a repeating theme through this record of, I've suffered with depression since I was an adolescent. I've considered suicide. Like he's just so raw and open about it. And in, when, when this record comes out, it's not commercial at all. Like it's just a weird left turn for him. This is a guy who's a freaking rap act. Like he should, like he should just be rapping about having a good time and having a bunch of sex. Um, he's like a really, really, really deep Christian and super, 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 super into mental health and like struggling through it and super into the, the African-American experience and all of that comes through on this record. Um, I'm going to ask Jeff to play I, but not the version on the album. But to make sure to get the single version. So here's, let me explain it. So he puts up the single before the album comes out and it's got a fantastic sample on it. It's a great, 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 super up-tempo song. When the album comes out, the album's got a live version of the song, which as any listener to this podcast will know, I'm a huge fan of. The live version is a minute and a half, maybe two minutes of the song until there's a fight that breaks out in front of them. Then he interrupts the song. This is the album, the album version. He interrupts the song. He's yelling at the people who are fighting in front of him. And he's like, we don't have time to fight. We don't have time to fight. We don't, how many brothers have we done lost? He's like screaming at the people of the audience. And then he launches into a solo acapella minute and a half off the top of his head about black on black violence. Like, and, but you have to know the original version to understand how powerful the album version is. And then that gives you a vision for what this record is like. Like this record is just this like packed, insane combination of things totally uncommercial and yet was a number one hit and made him the best rapper in the world. Jeff, just start at the beginning of I. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. This is a world This is a world premiere. This is a world premiere. I have 
Been through a whole lot. Trial, tribulation, but I know God. Satan wanna put me in a bow tie. Pray that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many motherfuckers wanna tell me. But they know me gon' never drown me. In front of a dirty double mirror, they felt me. And I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and dicky guys. I love myself. What you, gonna what you gonna do? Lift up your head and keep moving. Or let the paranoia haunt you. Haunt you. Peace to fashion, police, I wear my heart. On my sleeve, let the runway start. You know the miserable do love company. What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack confidence. Everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this. I love myself. So there's another song. In the, this record's Ooh. just the letter. This song, just the letter I. There's another song on the record that's just the letter U, and they're separated by, I don't know, seven or eight songs between them, but they're clearly bookends. This song is I Love Myself, and the U song is It's Really Hard to Love Yourself. Like, And these two songs are next to each other and just describe his mental state in such a beautiful way. And then, like, uh, this is uh, Isley Brothers, That Lady, right? Uh, that correct. sample is fucking fantastic. The Beastie Boys used it to great effect as well. It's a it's a well sampled record. But for him to choose that record and then do this on top of it, um, and uh, you know he's, he's trials and tribulations. He's praying to God, but he's found this love himself moment, and it's very near the end of the record. Just fantastic. I love this song. I love this record. Um, it's actually a little bit misrepresentative. What you should do is just start at the beginning of the record and listen listen from the beginning and then you'll decide whether you like it or not because there's a lot of slow, weird songs on it. That being said, it's a little bit, uh, it's like for a popular record, like it's like Pink Floyd The Wall where you're like, why is this record that's just an agonizing record about depression and is super weird, so popular? Of course, it's a million times better than The Wall, but it's like that for me. Like, I just can't believe that this was the best reviewed most popular rap record of that year, given the subject matter and how strange it is. Jeff, what do you think, man? I totally agree. Um, I obviously can't pick this one too, because it's, you know, how boring would that be? I cannot believe a record this challenging and weird and long and complicated with such a gigantic hit. You know, I, as somebody who spends a lot of time with with high school kids and particularly high school kids who are really really into music like yeah this was the record right. of that year like for the guys in the rock band for 100%. the jazz kids like for just i mean and just like the casual music fans like for the taylor swifties like everyone loved this record i mean like sat down without distractions and listened to this long weird complicated challenging record um i don't like all of it but i love that records like this still exist right um, i mean it's fucking yeah. insane that this guy did this yep it's his best record i think um it's and it's because of its weirdness because it's so audacious um and because of this record i'm going to give every kendrick record that ever comes out the once twice and three times over it's um I, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, and, and again, this is not a genre I stayed with, right? Like a lot of the rap that Ben loves, that is the space between when I kind of let go of rap and this record are not super familiar to me. 
but this record i i just kids kept saying you got to hear this you got to hear this you right. got to hear this and and uh i'm so glad that they were they wrote me about it because it is really um <laughs> it's just it's like if Miles Davis's Bitches Brew sold 8 million copies. Like, it's just the Pink Floyd I totally the agree. That's a great comparison combo. is just perfect. Oh, like, the other thing that I'll, sorry to interrupt. The other thing that I'll say is that if you ever liked rap music, like if you were like, you know, I like rap until Run DMC wasn't popular, you'll like Kendrick Lamar. Like okay. if you're, okay. but, and in particular, if you're like, oh man, you know, I checked out after paul's boutique and um like I, basically i checked out in 93 you're yeah. gonna freaking love kendrick lamar that's the other thing that's such a crazy left turn for him he is a super classical rapper and in fact he's like he's like a distillation of it like his enunciation his beats on it like how he breaks up all of the stuff like he's coming out at the same time when mumble rap is starting to happen and he's such an aggressive left turn against it like he's so clear and enunciating and um, he's technical. He's super technical. Like it's actually it's super funny. One of his big, um, one of the people that he points to is Eminem, um, which is actually a huge boost for Eminem, as you can imagine. But Eminem's got the same thing. Like you can tell when you listen to a good Eminem song that he's, it's staccato. The beats are, are, are contemplated and the syllables are there like lined up so that they sometimes are on the beat and sometimes are off the beat and it's very 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 conscious and each thing is um enunciated and that's exactly what kendrick's like and it, you can hear it on this record for sure but damn is even more like that like yeah damn is. is like he sat down syllable for syllable the, the 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 beats behind it are way more conventional it's a little bit more of an industrial track behind it um but just like so technically amazing it's like a it's like a van halen record it's even like an ingve malmstein record where you're like wow it's fucking amazing really like this guy actually sat down mm. and like syllable to syllable figure out every single thing that he wanted to do for an entire 45 minute record you're gonna love it seriously if you wow. like rap at all and you're our age this is your entry point yeah that's i couldn't agree more yeah so what's so interesting you know jeff and i both have high school students pushing this on us you know, I, I certainly wouldn't have come to it on my own. And I wonder, like, as I grow older, do I just want what I want? And do I want less adventure? Do I do I really want at this age to be challenged? Uh, yes, a, because you didn't like Cruel Country. Like, if your review yeah, yeah. of the Wilco Cruel Country record was like, this is what I've been looking for. It's easy. It's sweet. It's in yep. the background. I can go to Starbucks. I mean, yep. just... What you said 45 minutes ago about your favorite band's new album yeah. belies the sense that you're not eager to be challenged. Right. No, I, I agree, but it still takes a nudge from, from some teenagers to, to make me realize that. Otherwise, I could just kind of listen to what I listen to. But, but I got to be clear, like, this record makes me uncomfortable for all the reasons I walked away from rap in the first times. Like, yeah. there's a lot of language on this record that, that uh, gives me pause it still makes me uncomfortable, but I also, I just throw up my hands. I'm just like, I mean, sometimes great art makes you uncomfortable. And this is just like, this is undeniably the work of, of, of a visionary guy. Ben, so. did your daughters bring this to you? No, nah, man. That was this you? was one where the, I mean, the reviews were so off the hook good. And, and it was saying, I mean, actually I started at Good Kid Mad City. And honestly, yeah. like that's lame. 
because he put out several super well reviews mixtapes before that that I have gone back and listened to um so I was like a like for a hipster I was a late arriver to it but no good kid mad city was off the hook well reviewed and dude it was the same thing like the the single off of that swimming pools parentheses drank it's just it's a it's a like a four and a half minute song about drinking because you're super depressed (laughs) it's like I love this guy wow it's amazing I want to hear more (laughs) <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, all right. What's our pivot like here, Jeff Simons? What's oh, it's such a like, it's such a hard pivot. Like, it's just hysterical. Like, <laughs> everybody just go get like something to drink, hit pause, like well, we do have- shake it all out, come back to the podcast. We do have an ad break here, Jeff Simons. Well, let's add. This is a perfect ad break moment because we're going to cleanse the palate. All right. Go. Moscow, Idaho is not where you might go to find um, high culture. It's a tiny little town. And you might not assume that the only child of two neurologists who happen to live in Moscow, Idaho, would be my pick for the guy who made uh, a great record this year. Uh, Again, I'm using some of my own self-appointed roles to give love to some artists who are gonna slip through the cracks. And so here's a guy who has made I don't know, maybe eight records now. And I really like six of them. And he is a, uh, he is a great American singer songwriter. And his name is Josh Ritter and his record sermon on the rocks is my 2015 pick. I first saw Josh Ritter. This is my equivalent of, I saw him at Bonnaroo. Josh Ritter and I were on the same bill at South by Southwest with Chris Whitley and Rich Price and Josh Ritter. Um, I can't remember who was else on that bill. We played South by, I think three times. Uh, four times but um i first saw him there and we were in kind of the same place right like rich had a major label deal josh ritter just signed a major label deal ritter had his first like full-size band um and uh i thought he was great i thought two of the songs in his set were like like startlingly good um the first song he put out where i was like okay this is a major talent there's a song called thin blue flame in 2004 from his third record, I think, called The Animal Years. He also has an incredible, incredible song called Another New World, which is about the Annabelle Lee trying to find a new way through the North Pole. Um, This record is, I went into Spotify, this is his most popular record, and it's not even close on Spotify, which surprises me. Um, The song I'm picking from this is his most popular song on Spotify. Is that true? Really? Oh, yeah. I can't even believe this never happens. I look up an artist and I'm like, 31 million. Right. 31 million plays. I didn't know this was a hit. Um, But this is a pretty indicative. This is what you get with Josh Ritter. Like, this is well recorded. It's really tasteful. The lyrics are this is a funny song. This is a song that's um, kind of a rewrite of Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel. But it's Josh Ritter's version of that. Like it's it's got much more precise observations rather than you Catholic girls start way way too late. This is, uh, you know, mama saw this girl and as mama saw her and she got nervous. Daddy saw her and she got nervous. The pastor saw her and said, you better hurry up. So they sent her to a little Bible school in Southern Missouri. Like all of Josh Ritter's songs are, have all these diamond point observations about people and situations. That's one of the things I've really admired about him is he can write a song that actually is more like a short story than a song without yeah. being annoying, without losing the melody, without paying close attention to the fact that we're here to be entertained musically, not just lyrically. Um, 
there are limitations to Josh Ritter. Like he has a good voice, not a great voice. He has a good band, not a great band. This is a guy who needs to find a James DePredo or a Nels Klein desperately, in my humble opinion. Like I've seen him live three or four times. Every time I'm like, God, I wish this lead guitar player was off the leash a little bit more. I wish the band took some more chances. But they do roll, they do create a rollicking good time. Um, and and this is a guy who like the 15 song mixtape of Josh Ritter is as good as any songwriter of the last 20 years. Um, and if you're going to start somewhere, you might as well start with apparently his most popular record and his most popular song. So America, I yeah. bow to your taste and culture. Here's getting ready oh. to get down from Sermon on the Rocks, which is my love pick it. for this year and my moment of love for Mr. Josh Ritter. Woo! Sermon on the Rocks by Josh Ritter. Mama got a look at you and got a little worried. Papa got a look at you and got a little worried. The pastor got a look and said, y'all are better hurry. Send her off to a little Bible college in Missouri. And now you come back saying you know a little bit about every little thing they ever hoped you'd never figure out. Eve ate the apple because the apple was sweet. Kind of God would ever keep a girl from getting what she needs. And I'm getting ready to get down. Getting ready to get down. Getting ready to get down. Now people cross the street when you walk in their direction Talk between the teeth and throw an epithets And the doctor thinks the devil must have got you by your senses But to live the way you please doesn't sound like possession It's four long years studying the Bible Infidels, Jezebel, Salomas and Delilahs Back off the bus in your own hometown Say so you didn't like but then you probably won't like me now But I, I'm getting ready to get down I'm getting ready to get down I'm getting ready to get down all the men of the country club, the ladies of the Zilla are talking about love Like it's apple pie and liberty to really be a saint You gotta really be a virgin, dry as a page of the King James Version No la la's, no hell yes, no I can't wait So gotta see you again, just turn the other cheek Take no chances, Jesus hates your high school dances Woo! I mean this is almost too... Woo! It's almost too good at what it does to not <laughs> almost be a parody of what it is. Like yeah. that, oh my, my, oh hell yes. Like, you know, throw to Tom Petty for the Indiana girl on those Indiana nights when he's talking about this Missouri girl and the right. great use of the Hammond organ and the twangy guitar solo, right? Like it Love is it. it is a kind of rock music by numbers, but it's expertly done. And, and I actually, the... Ritter has songs that take wild swings and and crazy chances that offer a much more artistic left turn than these bread and butter songs. Um, one of the things that bums me out about Ritter is when he plays live, he leans into all of these and he doesn't do the big, long, epic, beautiful songs that okay. I, that that keep me coming back to him. It's kind of funny, like uh and that's probably from trial by error. He's probably tried to do thin blue flame and everyone's going to, the, to take a leak on him. But, uh, but I do, there's a version of Josh Ritter where he mixes it up. Sermon on the rocks is a little more straightforward, but it's probably a great entry point. But I would, if you like this, go in and dig into some of the longer, deeper, more introspective, more complicated songs. Um, he's worth it. He's really good. And, uh, 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 you know, yeah, again, no, 
this is back to what you were saying, Tim. This might be me liking what I like. I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous, but like, you know, there's many a Jeff Simon song that aren't dissimilar from this one. So maybe it's just me okay. looking in the mirror yeah. and saying, hey, that guy looks good. But I really do think <laughs> this guy looks good. Well, I love what you, I, was it Spoon you talked about where they sit down and they, they describe a song that they like and then they try to write it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, oh, here's the kind of song I want to write. And then he just goes out and he crushes it, nails it. Ben, do you like this song? I did. I really dug that song. It's super funny. I went and looked at it. I was like, when's the last Josh Ritter record that I listened to? Uh -oh. And it turns out it was the historical conquest. That was, that was it. I guess maybe so the world runs away. Is that later? Is that the next record? I don't know. All right. I think so, that's so, right. I'm looking it up here though. You, I think I went, I, I'm looking at my Josh Ritter collection. It looks like I went 06, 08, 10. And then that was it for me. Yeah. So I, I can I see that. Out. Ten is the one. So runs the world away is the one that has another new world, which I think is the best thing he'll, he'll ever write. That song is just a slam dunk, super classic. Woo. But yeah, I dig this guy, um, and I really, really, really like the sound of that song for sure. It is true that Jesus hates your high school dances. There's no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> right now somewhere Jesus is super mad about that. So that made me happy. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna bring us home. Uh, here on this fine Sunday evening, I too am going to go to a small corner of the world and, and, and pluck someone out of obscurity. Um, there's an artist named Lynn manuel Miranda. Oh, for God's uh, sake. Who put something out in 2015. By the way, I have your back on this one, Timmy. Maybe you don't know about this. Maybe you don't know. Uh, but a little, a little album called... Hamilton. And we're going to go, uh, let's go with satisfied Jeff Simons. Wait, I'm that's, still that's having one, a that's time the, finding Is that your this. favorite you song? Spell, no way. How do you spell I, Hamilton? Well, I've got my favorite song is really, really sad. Don't Quiet, do the sad one. How about hurricane? Will you work with in hurricane? I'll, I'll do that. I mean, do you know quiet uptown? That oh, one, dude, that chills. one, we'd all be weeping. Except uh, we Jeff. can't do that. Jeff one. would be cynically looking out the window. <laughs> That's too satisfied is amazing. Satisfied, you can't go wrong with satisfied. Hamilton, original Broadway cast recording. All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Now, everyone, give it up for the maid of honor, Angelica Skylar. A toast to the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the bride. To the bride. To the bride. I'm sorry. We're just, By the I way, just, uh, Tim, you're going to agree with me on this. I experienced that song as super sad, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. That song oh. chokes me up big Devastating. time. Devastating. 
devastating. I'll just take that song. Made no sense. You know, that's one of those ones I didn't. I've never seen Hamilton in person, but when they finally got to see it on the Disney Plus, when you know they showed the the video, their edit of the rehearsal. Yeah. And uh, I saw all that rewind stuff. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> it was really important to see what that's all about for that moment to make sense. But uh... have you guys watched his uh, performance at the White House when he first no. rolled out this idea of yes. Alexander Hamilton? Did you see it, Ben? Yeah. That's one of those moments where I'm just like, what an insane idea. And and what an insane moment to be like, you know what? I'm going to roll this out right now in front of the president. Instead of doing a song from the Heights, I'm going to do a rap about Alexander Hamilton. And he crushes it. Crushes it. So I think, I can't remember if I told all of this story, but um, so the, like India went and saw it at the public. My oh, dad wow. went and saw it at the public. So Indy came back and brought the soundtrack back and the girls listened to it and they freaking loved it. They were over the moon. Right. And I am sad to report, sad to report that I was resistant. Oh, and it's easy to explain why I was resistant because they were like, it's the first hip hop musical. Right. I was done. First time I I heard that guy start rapping. I was like, well, that's not going to work out for me at all. Like that's, that's not hip hop. (laughs) This yep. is a musical. If by hip hop musical you mean just musical, then maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like super resistant. The girls loved it. India really liked it. It was like they were all bonding, and I was completely locked out. We drove up to DC, me and Dolly and George. I guess India was already up there. I can't remember why it was just the three of us, but Dolly was like, Listen, you're going to do me a favor. We're going to listen to it gate to gate, and you're going to shut your mouth. You're not going to complain. Don't say a word until it's over. Okay. Right. Fine. Deal. So she throws it in. If you listen to the, like when you go see it live, there's only like two parts of the play that are not in the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack captures the entire play. Yeah. If you listen carefully, you can get the whole story. Yeah. Dude. By the time we got to the end, I was like, ball. I'm on I-81, yeah, yeah. like just bawling, like just mucus coming down my face, just <laughs> weeping myself sick. Yep. And then the girls were like, wow, you really liked it. And I was like, just, just play it again. <laughs> played again and we just listened to it over and over again and then uh super ironic i liked it better than india like i've memorized every note of this i've seen it uh twice on broadway now like I, it's just a, a singular work of art i absolutely love it i stand by my original take which is that it's not really hip-hop it's basically a musical um but as a musical i mean good lord and right. dude listen right the girls are now 18 and 21. We just did a bunch of traveling in Europe. And I'll just go ahead and start with fair enough. They're not huge fans of the American experience right now or the American experiment. And there are a bunch of people who are critical of this as if they're, they're like, oh, this is soft selling. You know what I mean? Like you put a bunch of, of people of color here singing this and they're, yeah. they're presenting a Jeffersonian vision, even though Jefferson's an asshole. Um, I just couldn't disagree more. I still believe in it. I'm so like, I'm so thrilled that this guy found it in his heart to give voice to right. this experience um, and to describe as to, to younger people and just generally like, in my opinion, what's fucking amazing about this country. Like it's right. just incredible. And to choose Hamilton as the voice for it and then to have an entire cast of people of color do right. it. 
like just off the hook, amazing. And I, I disagree. I don't think this is an apology. I don't think this, this, yeah. this play soft sells what's wrong with America. I think this, this play gives the entire picture of it and still finds love for this country and for what it's about. Um, I love absolutely that. Absolutely love it. That's a great it. take. Yeah, I'm super passionate about it. Yeah, I am, I am too. And I, I just, and our, we talked about Kendrick Lamar doing this left turn and taking these chances. And I just love artists who are brave. And um, I, I love imagining their sit down with their agent or their manager or their best friend. Like, all right, what, what are you working on? Well, here's what I'm working on. Like, oh, dude, you've heard the story, right? I mean, he was like, went on vacation and bought yeah, this 800-page book about Hamilton, read it, and was like, that's a musical. <laughs> and then he got in touch with the guy who wrote it, and the guy was like, well, you know, the movie rights have been sold, so I don't, I don't know why yeah. I'm talking to you. And the he's like, no, 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 it's not a movie. It's not a movie. No, it's no, not it's, a movie. It's, it's, it's going to be a musical. And the guy was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, it's a, it's a musical. I mean, the, the description of the conversation, I've heard it from the author's point of view. It's so yeah. funny. He was like, sure, God's name, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Sure, man. Yeah. You want to make a musical out of my 800 page book about Alexander yeah. Hamilton? Good luck with that. Well, <laughs> I met, fucking amazing. I met, uh, uh, Jeff knows this. I met Robin Hitchcock a couple of weeks ago at the Bob's Burger preview and his wife. By the way, just double, double name drop, Timmy. I You're on fire you with your name drop. hilarious with this. And uh, Emma Tell Swift about the Bob's is an Australian singer-songwriter. Emma Swift is his wife. She was lovely. And and Jeff, you know about her album. Ben, I don't know if you do, but she's got an album called Blonde on the Tracks. Which oh, is, I have heard that, yeah. Which is basically a reimagining of Bob Dylan. It's like, I wanted, I wanted to see the picture of her agent's face. Like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of cover Bob Dylan's most famous album, but do my own thing at the same time and kind of make it a little weird. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Godspeed. Yeah. That's, that's insane. And, uh, and it's beautiful. It's a big hit too. It's the only record yeah. she has that anyone has listened to. Look at that. Yeah. Good for her. All right. Well, we look at us. We missed each other so much. We've gone over, uh, by like 20 minutes. Amazing. Amazing. We're going right up, right up to the uh, the tip off. This is great. Tip off's not for another two hours, is it? Nah, it's forty minutes, man. Strap in. Oh, geez, I better get on that. Yeah, I would have turned it on in the middle of the second quarter. Game face, <laughs> game face. Ben, welcome back, uh, State. Yes, glad and, to be back. Uh, let's try to crank another one out this week. Uh, what with my busy NBA schedule. Timmy, I'm so glad you're going to see it. I'm super jealous. That's amazing. Woo. I, I listen. I'm going to go ahead and make a pledge. When the Knicks are in the finals, okay. I'm going to sit right there, front row, because I'm not going to have to worry about the money. It's never That's right. Happen. I got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I will talk to you later. If the later uh, game two, I'm not talking to you for a year, so this might be the last podcast. <laughs> Yikes! Bye. By the way, I'll Bye. triangulate. You can talk there to me, go. and I'll talk to Tim. And That's right. Good. That'll be good. We can do it that way. Like a. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference.
Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast.